0: Um, We're just um, finishing up our um, series. Um, We got one more week after this on Is It Really So? And um, next week, we'll be speaking on um, what does the Bible teach about speaking in tongues. Uh, And um, so bring your friends, you know, all your charismatic friends. um, Invite them out, and and, um, we'll be showing what the Bible teaches about speaking in tongues, not just... Um, emotionalism or not just a teacher but we'll be diving into um, the Bible and it'll be kind of maybe more of like a teaching lesson and I'm looking forward to that we were going to do it last week but I'm didn't begin to do it so Lord willing we'll be able to do that this um, next week and it's like is speaking in tongues really a prayer language and so that'll be next week and today Will we, our Christians, never supposed to judge? Are we not supposed to um, judge? Matthew chapter 7 says, Judge not, that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why, behold, is thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, But considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye, or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye. Go ahead and be seated. And um, this is one of the verse. Judge not, that ye be not judged. there's a few verses in the Bible where it seems like everybody knows them. They may not know where it's found, but like men lost um, or saved, they know of the verse where it says, Wives, submit to yourselves to your own husbands. Every man knows that. He maybe never stepped foot in a church before, but somehow he knows somewhere in the Bible it says that. And they miss the entire context and about the type of love, sacrificial love, he's supposed to be giving his wife. Oh, this is another scripture that many people know, save and lost people, people that maybe have never picked up the Bible, but they know in the Bible that somewhere it says, judge not, lest ye be judged. They say, oh, you know, they'll be living their sinful lifestyle, and if someone says this, no, no, you know what, don't don't be a hypocrite, your Bible says not to judge, and um, they'll quote it, and again, they'll often miss the context. And um, so they'll often say that Christians are not supposed to judge others. Christians are often accused of judging whenever they speak out against a sinful activity. Um, People will say we shouldn't point out sin because we all have sin anyways. The claim is that Christians are not to judge. It's often made in dealing with issues that have become hot button issues today, such as abortion or adultery. Homosexual behavior, same-sex marriage. And um, when a Christian, for example, would say homosexual behavior is a sin, um, they, they would often be met with objections. Like, who are you to judge two people who love each other? Or who do you think you are telling someone who they can and cannot love? And you're a sinner, too, anyways. Or someone's private life. It's none of your business so that you aren't to judge them. And you know, I haven't heard a very popular um, preacher um, from Georgia um, just recently say that you know what, we Christians need to avoid the cultural wars for a year. Take a culture or take a year where we don't preach against abortion, where we don't preach against homosexuality where we don't preach on any of the hot-button issues of the day. And um, many times they'll say that, you know, we keep bringing um, politics into the church, when really, no, it's just that spiritually, we are to bring our spirit life everywhere and not keep it restrained just to church. That in politics, you know, our spiritual life um, ought to um, flourish. That has nothing to do in particular with separation of church and state. Separation of church and state is simply, you know, what the government is not to be trying to um, rule over the church and that there ought not to be a state-sponsored church that rules over the land. But um, again, this passage, judge not that ye be not judged," is so often misunderstood. And you know what, though, sometimes in defense of their sin, They'll um, say, don't judge me just because my sin is different than yours. Um, Or they'll say that he that have no sin casts the first stone, which is something that Jesus did say. But he did also tell the woman, go forth and sin no more. And um, when someone tells us that we need to stop judging, the irony is they have actually just judged us. They have judged us for being judgmental when we make a judgment call of what is right and what is wrong. And so we know we're just going to cover today's um, several scriptures that deal with the overall context, some specifically in Matthew 7, but also throughout the Bible. um, There's times when we are to judge and there are times when we're not um, to judge. Um, Psalm thirty-seven thirty says, the mouth of the righteous speak of wisdom and his tongue talk of of judgment. His tongue talk of of judgment. That righteous person is going to weigh things, whether something be right or whether it be something that is wrong. Let's go ahead and turn to First Corinthians chapter 6. First Corinthians 6. And we'll see that the Apostle Paul actually rebukes the church for not judging. For not making judgment calls. 1 Corinthians 6 says, Are any of you having a matter against another? Go to law before the unjust and not before the saints? Do ye not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know ye not that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? If then ye have judgments of things pertaining to this life, set them to judge who are least esteemed in the church, I speak to your shame. Is this so that there is not a wise man among you? No, not one that shall be able to judge between his brethren. Here he's rebuking the church because they are. They're always taking matters or false between another to law. And he says, no, you know what? You ought to be able to judge things within the church. They know that the saints, Christians, one day are going to be judging angels. What that all entails, I have no idea. But he then tells us that, you know what, we ought to be judging matters within the church. You know what, those without, yes, God's going to judge. But you know what, those within, we ought to judge amongst ourselves. 1 Corinthians 10, 15. Speaks of wise men judging. It says, I speak as to wise men, judge ye what I say. Paul didn't tell them, you know what, while I'm teaching, while I'm preaching, you know what, don't judge me. Don't judge me for what I'm saying. No, he said, you know what, bring it on. You know what, judge ye what I say. You know, any preacher ought to be willing to say that. You know what? Judge what I say. Is it according to the Word? Is it according to God's Word? The Bible says if they speak not according to this Word, it is because there is no light in them. There needs to be a judgment call. If someone's going to be wise, it's the wise Judge. Go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Solomon, can you please give me a cup of water? Thank you, son. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. In verse 15. It says, But he that is spiritual, judge of all things. Yet he himself is judged Of no man. There, the Bible tells us, He did spiritual judge of all things. So, you know what? The next time someone tells you, You know what? You're not supposed to judge. You know what? Christians aren't supposed to judge. You can tell them, Hey, you know what? The Bible says, He did spiritual judge of all things. Now, make sure you're not doing that in a haughty spirit, but you know what? Showing them with humility that the scriptures actually teach judging. And now I'm not talking about judging in a sense where we are condemning someone or that we are making someone feel like they're not meeting our standards. Okay, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit. That's what Jesus is referring to when he says, judge not that, you know, we are. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost, not to come and judge at that time. He will be coming again to judge, though. But the Bible says very clearly, he did a spiritual judge of all things. In Luke 12, verse 56, it says, Ye hypocrites, ye can discern the face of the sky and of the earth. But how is it that ye do not discern this time? Yea, and why even of yourselves judge ye not what is right? Here, Jesus is rebuking them, confronting them. Why are you not judging? Why do you not understand the times? Why are you not judging between what is right and what is wrong? He's telling them to wake up. They're able to discern the skies and what the different sunsets mean. But yet they're not judging between what's right and what is wrong. Ephesians 5, verse 8 says, For you were sometimes in darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is susceptible unto the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. So we're to prove what is susceptible unto the Lord. You know, sometimes people will try to use things and say, you know what? You can't show me a Bible verse that this is wrong while they're um, smoking some weed. They'll be like, you can't show me the Bible where it says thou shall not smoke marijuana. No, but could you prove from the scriptures that it is susceptible to... That it is good for the temple of the Holy Ghost. That it is good for your motivation. Can you prove that it's acceptable and in the good, perfect will of God? It's not always about proving something's wrong. We're to prove that things that are just and righteous have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. That is making a judgment call on what is abiding in darkness. Go ahead and turn you Malachi in chapter 3. That's um, the last book in the Old Testament, just before Matthew. Malachi 3, in verse 18. says in 318 then shall ye return and discern between the righteous and the wicked between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not here the bible is telling us we need to have discernment that we need to be able to have the judgment To be able to discern between who is righteous and who is wicked. Between he that serves God and he that does not serve God. That we ought to be having minds that are exercised unto this godliness. To know between one that serves God and one that doesn't serve God. So often I've seen pastors that they're, they, they counsel someone to um, stay away from this person that they're wanting to date. Because the pastor knows he's not a believer. He knows um, that he has ungodly intentions. And yet many times the parents say, oh, you know what, you can't judge them. You know what, you, you can't see his heart. You can't see whether he's saved or not. He's so right, no, you know, we cannot always see the heart, but you could see the fruit. Jesus said, you shall know them by their fruits. And how many times relationships are ruined because of counsel um, not followed, because they did not discern between him that serve of God and him that does not. You know, I go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 18. Now, if a believer sees another believer sinning, particularly a fall against them. Jesus speaks of making things right. That it's the Christian duty to lovingly and respectfully confront a person in their sin. Matthew 18 verse 15 says, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. First step, you know, there's a fault between someone, tell him and thee alone, not bringing other people into the mess, not bringing someone else in and saying, you know, I can't believe this person treated me this way, or you know, or you know, I can't believe um, the preacher didn't notice them when they were walking out in church, you know, he didn't shake their hand, you know, like or whatever the case may be between you and someone else. It's not something to be broadcast. In front of everyone. First and foremost, a fault that's between someone, you're to go and speak with them alone. Okay? If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother, that you've made things right. You know what? Instead of stewing in bitterness against someone, you know what? Come and talking with one another. You know what? Sometimes it clears up a misunderstanding. Sometimes it clears up maybe something was. Um, accidentally overlooked. when he says, But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. Okay, if there's a sin, there's a fault, and it has not been able to get right, the sin continues to go on, then bring in a, another person or two more people with you to try to bring um, resolve. But then it says, and if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if we neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as an heathen man and a publican. And so here we see the process of church discipline, which takes making judgment calls. That yes, we are all with sin and that's where even when a judgment is being made, it ought to be done with a spirit of humility and not in the spirit of condemning them, but in the spirit of seeing restoration. But nevertheless, it is still making a judgment call of what is right and what is wrong. We are to be aware of those who maybe are not obeying God's word. 2 Thessalonians 3.14 says, And if any man obey not our word by this epistle, note that man, and have no company with him, that he may be ashamed. Yet count him not as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. In James 5.20, it says, Let him know that he was converted of the sinner from the year of his way, shall save a soul from death, and shall hide a multitude of sins. You know, in the context, talking about bringing someone to restoration. you know what? The Apostle Paul made a judgment call on the church at Corinth. In chapter 3, in verse 1, it says, And I, brethren, cannot speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. Here, Paul recognized this church, you know, they're spiritually babes. Not because that's where they should be in their spiritual growth, but because they've been carnal. That there, there was strife, there was divisions among them. They did not have a unity and focus in striving together um, for the gospel. And he calls them carnal. He is making a judgment call upon their behavior and their understanding. We are to exercise judgment when we hear things that are taught. We are to judge whether something is right or whether it is wrong. First Corinthians fourteen twenty nine says, "Let the prophet speak two or three, and let the other judge. Let the other judge." Here, when there were New Testament prophets. They would speak by two or three that um, the spirit would bear witness with one another that a prophecy was true or not. And they were to judge between. They were to judge the spirits. You know, I was talking with someone before and and he was making it just a jokingly comment and said that um, that I'm all you know, I, I, I couldn't come and become a part of your church because. Then I wouldn't be able to debate with you anymore because you'd be my pastor. And I was like, "No, that wouldn't stop that. You could, even if a pastor, you could discuss and debate things in the Bible. You know, sure. You know, let's have a good attitude. Let's have a good spirit. Not have a hypercritical spirit. But things could be discussed." And I was like, "You never discuss things with your pastor." He's like, "Oh no, no way." Well, it's not the kind of spirit that should ought to be in a pastor or how a church should feel. You are, as Paul said, judge ye what I say. Be as wise men. Judge what I say. Romans 16 and verse 17, it says, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned. And avoid them, for they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Here, he tells them, you know what? Avoid those that are causing false doctrine you enter into the church. Avoid them. Mark them. That is taking a judgment. That is making a judgment call. 1 John verse 4 says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they be of God. Tried them. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. That here we see again, there to try the spirits, that there are many false prophets. You know, there are many times where maybe from the pulpit or maybe privately, a pastor or a brother or sister of Christ would warn you about a false teacher. It's not something to say, oh, you know what? You can't judge them. They have many good works. They've won many to Christ. Don't judge them and say they're false teachers. Now, the Bible tells us we need to be aware. We need to be able to try them and their speeches, their words isn't matching with the word of God. It is also a pastor's responsibility to judge, to warn about false teachers. In Matthew 7. Verse 1, Jesus said, judge not lest you be judged. In the very same chapter, in verse 15, he says, beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. So Jesus wasn't saying, you know what? Don't judge between what is right and wrong. Don't, don't, he wasn't saying don't judge what, what, whether a teacher is teaching the truth or not. Because we see Jesus said to beware that they'll come in sheep's clothing. They'll be hard to discern. They'll look like real sheep. They'll look like genuine followers of Christ. But they're false teachers. Many of them used in the name of Christ. And to make merchandise for themselves. In Acts 20, Paul tells them that he warned them. Every one of them night and day with tears. That with his departing, there would be grievous wolves that would enter the flock. That even men of their own selves would arise speaking perverse things to draw disciples after them. He told Timothy to preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke. A sort with all long suffering and doctrine. To reprove and to rebuke means there is a judgment call being made and a correction to be made. We are to judge. We are to judge sin but always with the goal of presenting the solution which is only found in Jesus Christ. Are we really being loving if we allow our fellow brethren to remain in there, to remain in sin without trying to help them? Of course not. It's not loving at all. I think any of us would agree if somebody's house was on fire and we didn't try to wake them or tell them, we are not doing them a favor. But so how are we not supposed to judge? Because Jesus did say, judge not, lest ye also be judged. You read in the contest, he is speaking of a hostile attitude and hypocrisy, of pride. You know, Jesus warns of judging someone else for his sin when you yourself are sinning much worse. Than they are. The point Jesus also emphasizes here. Is to judge yourself first. Before you make judgments about others. In verse 5. Of, of John's, or in Matthew 7. It says thou hypocrite. First cast out the beam out of thine own eye. And then shalt thou see clearly. To cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. He says you know what. Let's not be a hypocrite. You got you got this big beam in your eye. You're not going to be able to help your brother get a little mo or a little speck out of his eye. Get the beam out first. Paul said that he puts his body under subjection, lest as he preached to others, he end up being a castaway. Being one of oh, he's a hypocrite. He says thou shalt not commit adultery, but he's living in adultery. You know what, he's saying, you know what, we don't, we don't want to live hypocritically. We also don't want to be be coming across condemning. Just as Jesus didn't, he said, he to have no sin, cast the first stone. Now, Jesus didn't say, you know what, go ahead and live in your sin. Don't let other people judge what you're doing. It's not what he said. He told her, you know what, go and sin no more. He still dealt with the sin. But these, these others, the Pharisees, they, were, they weren't in an attitude of seeing her restored spiritually. They just wanted to see her condemned. You know what? Sometimes people act like that in church. They may not be literally grabbing stones and throwing at people. But you know what? So if someone walks in, doesn't look like they're saved. You know what? They maybe look a little rough. Maybe they look a little bit rebellious, and they come into church, and sometimes we cast stones. Sometimes we're just casting a stone by avoiding talking to them. They're feeling a sense of being condemned. That's how we're not supposed to be judging. They're a person that needs Jesus Christ. Or maybe they just recently got saved, and so they came to church. No one should come in here and feel like we are condemning them. Now, that doesn't mean that we're going to condone what something happens. We see the homosexual agenda is really pushing hard. They're they're, they're trying to push against everything. They say, oh, we need to be tolerant, but they're not tolerant of Christians believing their lifestyle is sinful. And there may be a day where, you know what, a homosexual couple will come in and try to make a big scene. You know, at first they may come in and just come and sit down. They may even tell you, oh yeah, we're, we we got married. You know what, let them come, let them sit down, let them hear the word of God preach. But it doesn't mean we need to embrace or condone their lifestyle. And there may be time, if they are trying to just make a big scene, then where sometimes someone would need to be ushered out if that's all they're doing. They're just trying to stir things up. But yes, it's true. We are all sinners and we are all in the need of Jesus Christ. You know, I've never seen an adulterer, complain and try to make a business lose their business because they didn't agree with their lifestyle. I've never seen someone that I knew that was fornicating that came and tried to make me agree that their lifestyle is acceptable. Many times they themselves know it is wrong. They're still living in it. But the homosexual agenda really wants to... They don't want us just to recognize them as a couple... They want us to believe and embrace it. It's not happening. Now we want to point them to Jesus Christ. He is the solution. He is the solution, just like for the adulterer. You know what? You need Jesus Christ. You need Jesus to save you from your sin. We need to be careful that we don't judge according to merely appearance. You know, sometimes things appear one way, but it's not necessarily so. Jesus said in John seven twenty four, Judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. So he still told him to judge, but don't judge according to merely the appearance. Because sometimes things may look one way, and it's not really how it happens. I think all of us maybe have been judged for something that wasn't really happening or it was a misunderstanding. And the Bible says, he that answer of a matter before he hear of it, it shall be ashamed to him. You know, we are to judge. We're to have judgment of what's right and what's wrong. We you know, before we even would judge someone else, you know what? We ought to first judge ourselves, To examine ourselves. Second Corinthians thirteen five says, "Examine yourselves whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves." First Corinthians eleven verse thirty one says, "For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world." You know, if we judge ourselves, we won't be judged. You know, sometimes when church discipline needs to take place, that, you know, what? someone went to a brother or sister, confronted them in their sin, and they still wouldn't get it right, and they bring one or two more, and they still don't get it right, and then it comes before the church, which sure is humiliating, is embarrassing, but it's someone that's one who's abide in the body and continue and live in that sin and it's not acceptable. The reasons that I'm coming before the church is because they refuse to judge themselves. If they judge themselves, if they examine themselves, it would not have to go before the church. But because they are not judging for themselves, sometimes it ends up needing to come. Before the church. And you be made right. To, to, to bring restoration. And then if they refuse to. Then do no longer be part of the membership of the church. Is they're tarnishing the name of Christ. And the name of the church. You know if we judge ourselves. We won't need to be judged of others. And what a change. And what a blessing it would be. If we would judge our own faults. As uncharitably as sometimes we're guilty of judging others. Christians could save themselves much chastening of the Lord as well. If they judge themselves and confess and cease their disobedience to God. You know, ultimately, God is our judge. God is going to be judging us one day. You know, sometimes people say flippantly, you know what, you can't condemn me for my sin. Or you can't judge me because of my sin. Because God is my judge, not you. You know what, they're right. But that's not something that I would want to say casually and flippantly. Because yes, you know, I want to, I will be, come before an almighty God. and Give an account for the things done in my body, whether it be good or whether it be bad. If I'm lost, my eternity in the lake of fire. If I'm saved, we'll still be judged according to whether we've done good or bad. But we'll suffer loss. We'll suffer loss of reward. So, you know, don't be the one that casually says, Oh, you can't judge me. You know what? God judges me. Because yes, he is going to judge us. May we have our hearts right before the Lord. Have a humility. Hebrews nine twenty seven says, "And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment." It's appointed unto man once to die, but after this the judgment. Norma, are you playing the? To... Go ahead and go ahead and start playing. Thank you. It says, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. You know what? We're all going to die. Unless if we get lucky, it's where Abraham said maybe the rapture will happen before we die. Well, what a blessed thing that would be. Other than that, we're appointed to die. And even then, there's this separation. But um, Christ is going to be coming back. And He's going to be coming back to judge the world. Acts 17, verse 30. says, In the times of this ignorance, God winked at, but now command of all men everywhere to repent, because He have appointed a day, and in which He will judge the world, In righteousness by that man whom he have ordained, whereof he have given assurance unto all men, and that he have raised him from the dead. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, and others said, "We will hear thee again of this matter." So Paul departed from among them. Howbeit, certain men clave unto him and believed. Among the which was Dionysius, the Areopagite, and a woman named Damaris, and others with them. You know what? There is appointed a point of the day that we will die. And there is appointed a point of the day where we will be judged by Jesus Christ. And He's given assurance to all men that, you know what? He's died, He was put in a tomb, and he rose again. He is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. And here we see three categories of people. We see some people that mock. They mock all this Christ day. Oh, being risen from the dead. Ha oh, ha ha, very funny. That's never happened. That's not scientifically possible. You ever look up the definition of a miracle? It goes against what's possible. Man is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And God has given assurance to all men that Jesus will judge the world because he rose again. So there are some that mock. There were some, another category, they were unsure. They're more like, no, we'll hear thee again of this man. Just not so sure yet. You know, it may become again. Maybe that's category year, in. you're feeling like, you know what, I'm just not sure. You know maybe, but I'm almost convinced, but not convinced yet. You know, if we're not guaranteed another day, you know what, I don't want to just scare anybody. But if it does scare someone out of hell, then you know what, praise the Lord. You know, we see the third category is there were those that believe. There were those that receive the righteousness of Jesus Christ. They believe on Jesus by faith. Hope you're in that category. And if you're not, then you'll examine, you'll judge yourself, that you'll understand that you yourself are a sinner, as we all are. And there's only hope for salvation. In Jesus Christ. In his shed blood. The Bible says without um, the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. He died on the cross. He shed his blood for you and I. You receive him as your Savior. All heads go ahead and bow. Eyes closed. If you like me, to come and show you from the word of God. How you could have that assurance of eternal life. That you can know without a doubt that heaven would be your home. Go ahead and raise your hand. Nobody else is looking but me. Maybe, you know, if everybody's in here is safe, you know what, praise the Lord. Praise God if there's someone that's not in you Christ your Savior I pray that you'll come and you'll ask Him and receive Him as your Savior and Christians you know, let's make sure we're not judging in the sense when people come or when we're out in the world where they're always just feeling condemned with by for their sin because they're around us you know what sometimes you know what people will naturally feel condemned because they feel that guilt they feel that pressure but you do what you can to break that ice by showing the love of Christ. Don't let people just fool you and you're saying, you know what, you're not to ever judge. That you're not to judge what's right and what's wrong. Part of the problem of America is because we have many Christians that don't exercise judgment. They lack discernment. They've been brainwashed by the world into, oh, judge not. They were not to judge. They were not to condemn. You know what? Jesus is that final judge. But we are to have judgment. We are to exercise it. We are to discern between right and wrong. Christians, may you ask the Spirit of God to give you that discernment. That you'll live your life In holiness. In godliness. In pleasing your creator. One day we're all going to give an account to him. I will. You will. You know what? When you give an account. May it be you're able to cast crowns at the feet of Christ. That you've done your best to serve Christ in this life. That you've done your best to reach others with the gospel. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord, that you would help us to be a people that have discernment. To uh, be able to refrain from the wicked. Not in the sense of refraining from the people, but to refrain from the wickedness. And may we be a friend of sinners. We see the Pharisees, which you often rebuke. They always felt they were high, high highly reverent. They were spiritual and they condemned the sinners when they themselves were filled with sin. And may we not be that kind of judgmental people, but help us to be able to have good, sound judgment. As you said, your people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Let us not have a lack of knowledge or a lack of discernment, a lack of judgment. But help us to be discerning in the wicked and crooked world. Help us also, Lord, to be a friend to sinners, that we may show the love of Christ and pointing them to you. In Jesus' name, amen.